Well, I really am excited to be with you in this series, The Blessed Life. I can truly say I've been a friend with Pastor Robert Morris since the mid-80s. I've known him, I've watched his life, and as a pastor teacher, I've incorporated the principles that you'll be learning in this series in my own life. It truly is a blessed life. If you're wondering, well, how, how is it that you live a blessed life? And you may have heard last week from Pastor Steve as he talked about that the issue in the book, the issue with the blessed life is all about heart. When we talk about giving, we're talking about an issue of your heart. So the things that establish the foundation for giving is the, the, the place that your heart is. That's the question, uh, where is your heart? So if you brought your Bibles today, turn to Malachi. And uh, before we get over there, I'm gonna step back just a minute and remind you of a couple of things that were covered last week when we talk about the issue of the heart. The, the whole idea of this is not a, we're not teaching a give to get mentality. It's not about getting something from God. It's about giving something that rightfully belongs to him. It's our life. It was, it was so interesting. A, a few years ago, a, a U.S.-based reporter came to Pastor Robert because he's known for this Blessed Life series. Over a million copies of this book worldwide have been uh, distributed. And so the interview was, and the question that began the interview was, how often do you speak on giving? And without hesitating, he said, every week. And the man looked at him and said, every week? And he said, well, I think the question you're asking me is how often do you speak on money? And he said, I, I do a series on money about every three years but I speak on giving every weekend because you can't be a Christian and not give. You can't live life and not give. You can't be married and, and not give. You, giving is an essential part of who we are. So if we hold, withhold giving from our life, we withhold the blessing of God flowing through our life and into the life of others. Matthew 7 and verse 1 says this, Judge not that you may not be judged. For if the judgment you pronounce, for with the judgment you pronounce, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Parallel verse is, is Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. And it says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, the significant thing about these two verses is money isn't mentioned one time. It's, it's the issue of giving. In the measure that you give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So if you give judgment, judgment is coming back to you. If you give love, Love is coming back to you. It's, it's a principle. And so what we, the way we say this is we don't give to get. We live to give. We live to give. So the title of this message today is called The What Test. The What Test. I don't know if you've ever experienced this when you were in school, but have you ever walked into a class 
and your friends in class are busily studying their notes and uh, a book for the class, and you go, what's up? And they go, you ready? For what? You ready for the test? What test? I didn't know there was a test today. And, and it's a panic sets into your life like, I haven't prepared. I'm, I don't, what, what test are you talking about? Well, I'm here to tell you that God has a test. He has a test and that test, we get to participate. We get to take that test every time we receive a paycheck. I don't know how often you might be paid. Maybe it's every couple of weeks or once a month or you know, some people once a quarter. Uh, but no matter how you're paid, if you are paid, you get to take a test and so do I. And the test is, who will you honor for what you have? Who, who will you praise and give thanks to for what has come into your life for the provision, for the, the blessing of not just financial blessing of a paycheck or income, but of good health, of good marriage, of, of, of kids. It, who will you thank for that? Some people thank the credit card companies. Some people thank the mortgage company or the, the bank who has their car note. This is the test that, that God gives to us. Uh, and if you're there in Malachi, turn to Malachi chapter three. We're gonna go through a lot of scriptures today. And um, so if you don't get them, it's okay. You can just write them down if you're taking notes. And uh, they are uh, reflected in the book. So if you get a copy of The Blessed Life, uh, you'll be reinforced uh, with this, these as well. Malachi chapter three says this, for I am the Lord... I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Now, let me just say, isn't it nice? The Lord says, I don't change. And because I don't change, you're not destroyed. What you deserve, you don't get because I'm kind and I've always been kind and I continue to be kind. I'm kind. Verse 7 Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way do we return? Uh, again, let me pause here and just say, let me remind you that this is God speaking. The God who does not change is speaking. And God says, you have gone away from the ordinances. An ordinance is an ordinary, it's a principle of ordinary behavior. And God says, you've gone away from a principle of ordinary behavior in your life. I want you to notice verse eight here. God goes on to say, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, verse nine, you are, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, the church. Bring all the tithes into the church that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. The Lord says, test me in this. See, we receive a test when we're paid, but God says, it's okay for you to test me. 
Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Malachi, the the book of Malachi is an interesting book. Uh, It's about returning to God. The whole concept of the book of Malachi is about returning to God. Uh, Chapter one is returning to faith. Chapter two is returning to family. Chapter three is uh, returning to finances. And chapter four is God returns to us. He returns to us because we've gone astray. We, every man has turned to his own way, the New Testament says. But God put our iniquities on Jesus. And aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. So some would say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Tom. Uh, we're Christians and we don't live under a curse. Christ bore the, our curse on the tree and we, we don't live under a curse. He did. There's no doubt about that. He did. But does that mean that we can live any way that we want? Does that mean that we're not uh, subject to some of the, uh, the things that are a part of our, our fallen nature? It's sort of illogical to think this way or to, to defend ourselves with that statement, if, if we steal, there are consequences. If we... we we get sick, we, we love God, he bore our sicknesses on the tree and yet we're, we're a part of a, a world that is fallen in nature. There are consequences to life. Some would say that the Lord owns it all. Again, I say, yes, he does, he, he owns it all, but he gives us stewardship of what he has given and he asks us, to worship him, to give him 10% of what he entrusts to us. That's why he says, you have stolen from me. When, when we don't give, or when we wait to give to see uh, what we have left, and my desire would be to give a tenth, but Lord, there's not enough. I'm sorry there's not enough, and, and uh, I'll, I'll give you next month, but next month there's not enough. And then the next month, there's not enough. And God says, you've stolen from me. Please hear me. These are not man-made words. They're God's own words. The God who does not change. I know they're strong words because you have stolen, you're under a curse. And God says, I don't want you to be under a curse. We voluntarily put ourselves under a curse when we steal from God. Because we're going away from his ordinary principles for living. Now this is probably the most famous passage on tithing in the Bible, Malachi 3. But it's not the only one. There are many. Like me, you might be thinking, well, uh, if that was a part of the old covenant, Tom, and if it was a part of the new covenant, 
Why didn't he put it in the New Testament? It's just 15 verses later, it'd be in the New Covenant and we'd all be able to agree and understand. <laughs> uh, I know that's true, but that's where the test comes in. The God who doesn't change, the God who is generous in our lives and simply, simply asks us, will you give a part of your life in worship to me an acknowledgement that what you have, I have given to you. Will you do that? And do that every time you receive income. So here's the first point. Tithing is a test. It's a test of our heart. The word tithe means a tenth or a tenth part. Why, why did God pick 10%? You know, when you're God, you get to do anything you want. He could have said, I want you to give me 50%. You you take 50%. He said 10%. Why, why 10%? I, I believe it's because it's fair for everybody. No matter what your income is, a lot or not so much, it's still the same requirement and it takes still the same amount of faith to give. I don't care if you have a lot of money. I know people who have a lot of money and when they think, I gotta give 10%, do you know how much that is? Yeah. It's 10 cents of every dollar. It's, it, it's a penny of every dime. It's the same whether you, you make a little or you make a lot. And the issue is, will you trust God with it? Will you trust God with it? You know, the, the number 10 is such an interesting number. What, what does it represent? Let me just give you a few things in the Bible. I want you to I want to make sure you're listening with me. So I'm, I'll ask and you answer, okay? How many plagues were there in Egypt? How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? You're, you're with me. How many? Yes, 10. How many times were Jacob's, Jacob's wages changed? How many times was Daniel, how many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? Oh, way to go, just checking to make sure. <laughs> Wanted to make sure you weren't just rhythmically answering. 10 is a significant number and God is testing our hearts. This isn't, God says that we can test him. He, he also, he sort of says, test me in this. I, I dare you. Now, I'm not suggesting that C3 ought to do this, but I'll tell you what we do at Gateway. We, we tell people, if you will do this, if you will tithe for a year consistently, You'll give 10% of your income for a year. At the end of that year, if you are not blessed, we'll give you all your money back. Now, Gateway's coming up on 20 years old, and we've never had anybody take a, come to us and say, it's no fair. I gave for a whole year, and, I, and I, at the end of this year, I am not blessed. Give me my money back. Well, I take it back. A couple of years ago, we had, a, we had a man who came to us and said, I want to take you up on your offer. 
I've given, I've tithed, and uh, I'm not blessed. And truthfully, his business was in crisis. And uh, so we checked, and uh, he, he asked for a return of three years of his tithes, about $375,000. He had given $375,000. But it started out, the, the, in the first year, he tithed. Didn't come to us and complain in the first year. Second year, he gave a half a tithe. In the third year, he gave a, a quarter or about a quarter of a tithe. And he came to us and said, it, it, it's not working. And we said, you're not doing your part, dude. You, and he said, well, uh, take it over time. And so we said, um, we're, we're not going to give you your money back. But if you'll let us, we'll help you figure out why it's not working. And we, we sent our team in to help him consult with his business. And sure enough, he had made some unwise business choices that then began, it put him in panic. And out of panic, he came back to say, give me my money back. This, it isn't a conditional thing. God is simply saying, if you'll do your part, you can test me in this. And I will take care of you. Common arguments against the tithe go like this. Well, Jesus delivered us from judgment. Jesus bore the curse of the law. So I'm, I, I can't be cursed as a Christian. And we, I spoke to that just a little bit a minute ago. Uh, did he also bear our sin? Well, yes. Have you ever sinned? Yes. Did he ever bear sickness on the cross? Yes. Have you ever been sick? Yes. There is a, a part of the process of this that we're living in a fallen world. And God says, test me in this. Second, the new covenant is one of grace. Tithing is a part of the law, and I'm not under the law, so I don't have to tithe, some people would say. And I want to tell you that uh, we are, we're, it's true, we are not under the law anymore. But wherever grace is, the New Testament measure is much higher than the law ever demanded. So, so if you're saying, uh, I'm under grace and I don't have to tithe, oh, so you give more than the tithe. Because that's the, the model in the New Testament. If it was wrong under the law, is it still wrong? If it was right under the law, is it still right? Does grace give us the freedom to do what we want. Matthew 5, 21, you've heard it said that it, uh, by those of old, you shall not murder, but whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. And I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Or Matthew 5, 27, have you heard it said by those of old, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. The righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law. So if you're saying, I don't tithe because I'm under grace, you've just raised yourself to a new standard. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm, I, I assume you give more than 10%. 
There are three types of giving that we see in the Bible. There's the tithe, and we return that to God because it belongs to Him. There's an offering, which is a a gift above. It's a gift of generosity and compassion that is above the tithe. And then there's sacrificial offering. It's an offering that we give. It's a gift out of our heart to supply the needs over and above something of compassion. It might be like the offering that you so generously gave in order to build this building. The tithe is a tenth. Here's the second thing. The tithe is biblical. I found that most people who don't tithe don't believe it's biblical. So let me, let me see if I can walk you through this piece of it. It is biblical. Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tenth of all, a tithe of all. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, uh, as a pillar shall be God's house. And all of you that, and all that you give, I will, I will surely give a tenth to you. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. Deuteronomy 26, 1, And it shall be when you come into the land, which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, you shall possess it and dwell in it. That you may take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land, that the Lord your God is, is giving to you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments nor I, have I forgotten them. Uh, 20, Deuteronomy 26, 14. I have not eaten of any of it in the morning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Deuteronomy uh, 26, 15, look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. Now, the reason I, I read this is because this act of giving, the, the, the act of giving described in Genesis uh, by Melchizedek, it was, a, it was a response, the theologians believe it was a response of giving to Jesus himself. The king of Salem was a, a, a Jesus, if it wasn't Jesus himself, it was a type of Jesus and it happened before the law. So if you say, well, I'm not under the law anymore. No, uh, this whole thing and was played out before the law was ever given. And then uh, Matthew 23, 23, Woe to you, Jesus says, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. It's the, it, it, it's, it's the thought, Jesus is saying. If he, he said, you don't have to do that anymore. Why are you tithing of this stuff? But instead, he says, you do all this and you neglect the weightier things. He didn't say you shouldn't have done it. 
He just points to another issue. It's, it is a principle that carries in the old covenant all the way in uh, to, the new, to the new covenant. Does the tithe go to the church uh, or where, where I feel I want to give it? It says in, in this case, it goes to the house of the Lord, to the place where his presence abides. What if my tithe is a lot of money? I'm not sure my, my church could stand that. I've heard that from some, some people. And uh, my response is, your, your tithe isn't to the church. You give it to the church because that's where God's presence is. But your money, what you're giving, is a, you're returning it to God. And you're trusting him to speak to the leaders of the church. Once you give it, it's the leader's responsibility to steward it the way God wants. It's not your right to withhold it and say, well, I don't know if they could quite handle this. Giving the tithe is a spiritual act and Jesus is the recipient of your tithe even though you give it to the church. Hebrews 7 and verse 1 is a powerful verse. It, it refers back to Melchizedek and it says, For this Melchizedek, the king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Really? Jesus, I think, was called the prince of peace, was he not? Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. Now consider how this great man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of his spoils. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi who receive the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now obey all contradiction. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Look at verse eight. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he, referring to Melchizedek, referring to the Prince of Peace, referring to Jesus, but there Jesus received them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. The, the principle here is when we give, mortal men receive what we give, but in reality, God himself is receiving what we give. It, it's, he's taking note that you are passing the test of what is expected. And here's the third thing. Tithing is a blessing. Second Chronicles 31.4, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Now, the, the practical side of this, I've just said, your, your giving really isn't to the church, it's to God. It's Jesus receives your tithe. The church is responsible to steward it. But it is my belief, and I believe this before I became a full-time minister, I, I was in business before I came into ministry, that the church suffers because the people of God don't obey what God says. And if truly... It, it may seem a little harsh 
to say this, but there is enough money to do all that God wants us to do. The problem is it remains in the pockets of the saints. If we would simply do what God says, obey him, there would be plenty enough money to fund all that God wants to do. You know, you, you look at the government statistics, at least in the United States, of the, the percent of average family giving to charitable, uh, uh, charitable gifts, it's just above 1%. Imagine what would happen if it really went to what God said, what would happen to the church and to be able to fund the ministries that take place. And here's the simple question that gets asked. Do you enjoy the food, spiritual food, that you receive from this house? What about, and I'm not just talking about the preaching from Pastor Steve or, uh, or uh, Angie. I'm talking about the, the spiritual food that is involved in small groups and ministry uh, and into the city and, uh, and to the poor. The, the ministry that takes place out of this house, it's funded by the, the obedience of the saints for the work that takes place. Uh, think of it this way, if... if um, if you ate a good meal and left without paying, have you ever done that? Well, I've, I've accidentally done that and had a waiter chase me out into the parking lot. It's like, oh, 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 I, we got so busy talking, I thought I'd already paid, and, uh, you know, he's waving the ticket at me. Well, I don't want to skip out on the check, do you? Have you ever eaten at a restaurant that has no prices on its food? We've got a few of those in the United States. You know, it's, it's a, a faith-based restaurant that just says, you know, give, give what you think it's worth. And if you give generously, we'll, we'll be able to give it to somebody else. And if you can't afford it, just uh, pay what you can afford. The menu says pay what you can afford, but you pay what you think it's worth. And maybe some of us approach the tithe that way. I would pay the tithe, but I don't think it's worth 10%. It's maybe worth Two or three. Generosity, the generosity that I mentioned previously, is over and above the tithe. The tithe is something we return to God. So we don't take at Gateway, we don't take the tithe. We receive the tithe. But that little word is a, a nuance, but ex extremely important. We don't take the tithe because it's not ours to take. It's only returned, so we receive the tithe uh, the tithe that you are returning uh, as individuals to the Lord. Second Chronicles 31.5, as soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundance the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of the oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God, they laid in heaps. And in the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps, and Azariah, the chief priest, from the house of Zadok answered him and said, since the people began to bring their offerings into the house of the Lord, we have, have had enough to eat and have had plenty for the Lord has blessed his people and what is left 
is the great abundance. They tithed and the king saw how much they were giving and worried that the people were giving too much. And the priest said, no, no, they, the, the Lord has blessed them. They've been obedient to the Lord and the Lord has blessed them and this is the result of the abundance of his blessing. People who tithe are people who are blessed. Those who don't tithe, they would say something like, uh, I can't afford to tithe. Well, you, it's, it's a matter of faith. You won't be able to afford it until you actually tithe. Until you say, I trust God to make more out of 90 what, than what I can do out of 100. So we're talking about the blessed life. And let me finish uh, with, with this story. If a, imagine just a little parable. Imagine that uh, I, I had some, some people. I was a business owner. I had some people that were working with me. And I was getting ready to go on a trip. And so I called three of my employees. And I said, I'm going on a trip. And I would like for you to take care of my wife. And I'll give you a stipend. I'm going to be gone for three months. I'll give you a stipend of 10000 a month. And I'm asking you, out of that 10000 to give 1000 10%, a thousand uh, to my wife each month. And I, I gave 10,000 to each employee and to the first employee, the first month I was gone, he gave a thousand to my wife. The second employee gave 2,000. The third employee gave 700. The next month, the first employee gave another thousand. The, the second employee gave another 2,000. The third employee gave 450. The third month, the first employee gave a, a thousand, second employee 2,000, the third employee gave zero. When I returned, who do you think I would be pleased with? Who do you think I would entrust with more? And how, how would I measure the character of those employees? The third one's a thief. I would not give him anything. In fact, I probably would get rid of him from employment. We wanna live in the abundance that God gives and we do it out of obedience. What is God saying? I will believe what he says and do it and trust that he will bless us as a part of that. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Let's pray. I want to ask you a simple question. What is God saying to you today? Maybe to you I've just confirmed everything that you know and live. You're saying, thank you, God, for the abundance that you give. Maybe there's been an area of disobedience and you're, you're saying, I've never heard this before. I've never understood this. You can just simply say, I trust you, God. We're going to have one more song of worship and then Pastor Steve's going to come and dismiss the service. As we worship, I'm going to pray for you. But if you need to do business with God, would you do that? Would you make a response of faith to God as a part of this series? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for this great church and for the pastoral leadership that is here. And Lord, I pray as this series moves forward that, Lord, there would be a a response of your people, a response of obedience, a response of generosity, that Lord, you would, would live through them in power and abundance.
and that all that, that, that is needed for the funding of your work would be released to your body. And that, Lord, out of that, because there's obedience and first fruit giving, your people would be abundantly blessed. Thank you, Lord, for that work. I just pray your blessing, body, soul, and spirit over C3 Church and over every family here. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and let's worship.